0: Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. First, a sound check. How's this? Is it too loud? Perfect. Uh We're trying something new. What's that? trying my over-the-ear, fancy-schmancy microphone. It seems that uh, when we record with the other... You know, all, the, all the talks are on um, our website and uh, on Dharma Seed, but gotten some feedback from time to time that the, the sound fluctuates from very soft to very loud. So if you're hearing, I just did that on purpose, if you're listening on the... <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't you, um it wasn't me uh, so anyway the uh I was told that this might be a better better way to go for the recording, so we'll try it out. <coughs> hmm. How are we doing? Is Jaime still there? Yeah. everything okay, great. This is Jaime who is really um great support for our community and for the, the recordings. So, as uh, I said a little while ago, we're going to explore in this series of the seven factors of awakening or enlightenment, uh, the factor of energy. Hello? <laughs> 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 wow, that's a loud one. Huh? Yeah. Um, energy also um, often spoke in terms of effort as one of the factors of awakening. The word in in Pali is Viria, and it does mean energy, but it's so closely akin to effort that we, um, as I say, often explore them together. If you haven't been here for series, the series, um, the first quality, mindfulness, is really the, 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 the factor, the mental factor that creates all the other ones and is the balancing factor, is the key to awakening. And then there are three um, energizing qualities. Investigation or interest, that exploring quality of mind. Energy. Energy effort, which we'll be talking about tonight. And next week we'll be exploring the third in this triad of joy, or sometimes called rapture, keen interest. Um, And that's a part of the process of awakening. Those three bring a lot of brightness to one's practice. And then the three others, which we'll do later on, Factor of calm, tranquility, same thing, concentration, a kind of focused stillness, and equanimity or a, a spacious stillness. Mm. So um, it's a recipe that all of those factors, when ripened and mature, lead to a mind and a heart that can let go, the sure heart's release, as it's sometimes spoken of. This issue of energy and effort is often a central one for practitioners um, that can, can lead to frustration, confusion, inspiration delight when it's here and sorrow when it's not <clears throat> so it's a key uh, a key component of practice and the reason why effort is so intimately related to energy is that the effort that we put into practice Begets energy. One Im- image that I have, m- maybe you can relate to this, is like is going to the gym, right? Or working out. There's a part of you that says, you know, oh, you know, I'm, I'm just too tired. To, you know, I really have to do. It's going to be. It's just going to be too much energy to put to put out. Anybody ever have that thought when it comes to <laughs> exercise? Right? And then, do you notice when you do it, when you just kind of get over that inertia and you have your bike ride or go to your go to the gym or just kind of get in motion, that it kind of makes you come alive? You say, oh, this is such a good idea. Wow, am I glad I did that. It's amazing how we forget the next time. You know, we just... There's some little hook that's saying it, it'll be a good thing for you, but there's that oh, do I really have to do it? And you get over that inertia, and it's as as the law of inertia, L- Newton's law of inertia. You know, a body at rest tends to stay at rest, <laughs> and a body once in motion tends to stay in motion. So we have to kind of get over that inertia to get ourselves in motion to bring a wholeheartedness to practice, and once we do, once we put that effort into it, energy is often the result. And effort is in many of the lists. Effort and energy are in many of these lists. It's in the eightfold path, right effort, mindfulness, concentration. It's in the Five spiritual faculties, again, the effort and energy and mindfulness and concentration are a kind of triad it's here in the seven factors of enlightenment um, there's uh, in the um, in wise effort there's lots of different understandings of wise effort in it it in some ways is perhaps the most named of all the mental factors, even more than mindfulness, I, I believe so, in the, in the teachings, because nothing happens without that effort. Just like, you know, you can look at the, at the weights all you want, but until you, until you pick them up, nothing's going to happen, right? There's lots of different um, messages that we can hear around practice when it comes to effort, depending upon uh, where you are in practice and what you're maybe who is leading uh, a, a a practice period. Uh, there's lots of different approaches to meditation practice in relationship to effort. <clears throat> and it can be a bit confusing. You can hear about heroic effort. I practiced with one uh, Burmese master, very powerful teacher who would say, he talked about heroic a courageous effort all the time, and he would say, I, "This is one of his key pithy phrases that would stay, that stuck in my mind." Abandon all concern for the body. You know? <laughs> like, don't be a wimp. Basically, that was whatever. It, you just stay there. If you're, this is in the the mental noting kind of a a, a technique, you know, basically, if your leg is falling off, just note it, you know, falling (laughs) off, falling off, falling off. Just be there with it. Or you hear the Buddha who who said, strive on diligently. He was a, a warrior. So there's lots of images of the Buddha himself Exhorting us, it, and if you, uh, I didn't bring it with me, uh, but there's some, some, uh, some words in one discourse he's talking about before he became enlightened, and he said, "By any kind of exertion that a human being was capable of, I did it. My, where my." I'd stick my hand on my stomach, and I'd feel my backbone because I was starving myself uh, so much, and my my limbs were, you know, I was like a corpse because self-mortification was was part of the 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 practice that he thought and was understanding was going to lead to liberation. Until he saw, ah, there's a middle way here fortunately for him by any exertion it's possible let, and he would say let my let my bones dry up let my sinews dry up and fall off and my bones you know just blanch and let me become a skeleton i will do whatever needs to be done to come to liberation can you imagine coming into a sitting and having that kind of a, okay, whatever happens. Actually, that's, that's what he said before he was enlightened. I will sit under that tree until I become enlightened or die. Fortunately for him and for us, he became enlightened. And then you get all kinds of other images, practiced like your hair is on fire, It's another famous one. Or we're like children playing playing with toys in the attic not realizing that the house is on fire. Don't waste this time. Now, that can be a great call, an inspiring call to practice if it's done in the right spirit. And at times, in my earlier days, and even now with some, with some moderation, um, it can be very fulfilling to practice with such wholeheartedness that every moment counts. And I would just throw myself into practice. The tricky part is remembering to keep it light because you can get very serious and very heavy unless you are reminded it's not just about a wholeheartedness, it's about a spaciousness that can hold that deep commitment. So you hear those kinds of messages. Then you can study with someone else and who is... As, as wise and free as one can be and hear a whole different kind of message. M- Meningerji, uh, a few months ago, Mirka Naster came in with that book uh, about Meningerji, uh, living, uh, living a full life. I forget exactly what the title was. Um, Meningerji, who is Joseph Goldstein's teacher and a teacher of mine, he used to say, simple and easy, Simple and easy. This is all you need to do. Empty phenomena rolling on. Just settle back and relax. Or Ajahn Buddhadassa, one of the great figures in the 20th century, uh, um, one of the great masters, would say, "Nothing to do, nothing to be, nothing to have. Just relax." and open up to the moment as it is. Let's see. Here's uh, one of my favorite passages I've read before from Gendon Rinpoche. Happiness cannot be found through great effort and willpower, but is already present in open relaxation and letting go. Don't strain yourself. There's nothing to do or undo. Only our searching for happiness prevents us from seeing it. Wanting to grasp the ungraspable, you exhaust yourself in vain. As soon as you open and relax this tight fist of grasping, infinite space is here, open, inviting, and comfortable. So make use of it, this freedom and natural ease. Nothing to do, Nothing to force, nothing to want, nothing missing. Marvelous! Everything happens by itself. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? This is a very high Tibetan teaching, and they, the that that kind of teaching that which is a, a Dzogchen teaching, um, is often traditionally given after the student does some of the preliminary practices, which include 100,000 prostrations, 100,000 mantra recitations and visualizations, and then they say, just relax. (laughs) So, which which is the real way to do it? They both are. It's, again, a question of balance. question of balance. Just remember, my favorite Moody Blues album, A Question of Balance, it's called. (laughs) It's all a question of balance. And the balance is... To not get over intense or too laid back there 's a, a famous um, exchange. the Buddha and one of his uh, one of the monks who was having a really hard time. he was trying so hard and um, and he was just getting more and more wound up and the Buddha said um, you know this is this is not such skillful practice. And he said, well, how do I know how much to do? And, uh, and the Buddha said, just happened to remember, weren't you a musician before you became a monk? And uh, the fellow said, yes, yeah, I played the lute. And he said, oh, well, what happened when you played the lute if you tightened the strings too much? Oh, I didn't get the right note. It was too high what happened if you loosened it too much? Oh, I didn't get the right note, too low. He said, just so, my friend, in the same way, the energy and the effort that you put into practice shouldn't be too tight or too lax. As with most stories, I think the fellow became enlightened soon after that. Uh, There's a, uh, another famous story of um, Ananda, who was the Buddha's attendant, cousin, sidekick, uh, who was with him for the uh, the last uh, 25 years of of his life. He was his attendant. Um, I think no, probably more than that. Um, but Ananda was so busy attending and taking care of the Buddha that. He didn't have as much time for his own depth of practice, so he was only um, at the first stage of enlightenment by the time the Buddha died. Not a bad place to be, but you know, kind of like uh, you know elementary school compared to the big guys, right? There's four stages of enlightenment, and they were having a um, a council after the Buddha died to recall all of his teachings. It just so happened that not only was Ananda present at all of the Buddha's teachings, because he was his attendant, but he also had the good fortune for for everyone, perfect recall. So he was a very key guy at this council. Right? But f- there were 500 people, supposedly at this council, 500 monks who were there for the council, 499 of whom were fully enlightened. And there was Ananda. Right? Well, they they wanted him there, right? But they were kind of like, getting on his case come on man you make it a nice round 500 you can do it right as the story goes so the night before the council ananda is really practicing hard just you know, sitting and walking and sitting and walking you know can you imagine the pressure is on right <laughs> <laughs> and he's just getting tighter you know, and tighter, and he's really trying with all of his earnestness to be as mindful as possible. So magically, he can it can happen. And then he re- he realizes this is not working, and he remembers one of the teachings of the Buddha on wise effort, on balance of effort, where if you're too tight the most skillful thing you can do is to just lighten up and relax. So he says, ah, okay. I've been trying and trying. I just, this is not working. I just need to rest for a while. Chill out. He doesn't say chill out, but rest. And it's, the story goes that in the, in the moment he was about to put his head down on the pillow, in that in-between moment where his head wasn't quite on the pillow and his feet weren't both quite up on the bed, just in that complete letting go into relaxation, it happened. And as the story concludes with some acquired additional magic powers, psychic powers, he materialized in his seat the next day and they knew that he'd made it. Right? <laughs> a little bit showy, if you ask me, but uh, that's how it said. And I know this, as I... I was saying, I know this for myself too, and perhaps you can relate to it in your own life, whether it's formal practice or in your daily life, when you're really trying hard and at some point you just let go, how magical that is. And then all of a sudden, maybe the answer that you were looking for pops up, or the the peace or the connection or the the, the moment of, of wholeness is right there because you went from that contraction to ease and openness. And yet there was enough energy behind so there was a real brightness, a real alertness. I, on one retreat, it's been a while since I've shared this, uh, so I, I will again. Uh, on one retreat I was... I was really, um, as I said, I, I could be very diligent on retreat, just and I, I like to go sometimes in that slow mode, you know, just really crawling and just lifting, moving, placing, and you kind of get in a gear and it 's hard to get out of that gear, even when you 're in, in that space, um, but at some point, I was getting. It stopped being a kind of joyful experience and started being a little bit somber and oppressive. And I was kind of sensing this, you know, over and over the course of a few days. And um, I hadn't gone at a normal pace, like a normal human being, for a a couple of weeks. And I decided, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not developing more mindfulness. I'm just going to play hooky for a little while. That was kind of what I I felt very mischievous. I said, "Enough, okay. I'm going to go for a walk." It was it was snowing. This is in Massachusetts in winter. Put on my boots. Put on my my uh, cold weather uh, clothes, and I was going to walk and not try to be mindful. Yeah, really. I was I was going to try not. To be mindful, yeah. It was amazing. There I was, as I said, Okay, normal human being, here we go. And I was walking and there it was, left, right, left, right, hearing, sniffling, left, right, left, right, thinking, left, right. Just I couldn't turn it off. It was one of the most mindful walks, really. It, as as I recall, the 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 most um, strikingly mindful walk for the next forty five minutes. You know, laughing, disbelieving, wow, left, right, left, right, just shh, seeing my mind. Wow, this is amazing. Thinking, doo, 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 doo. and I I saw for myself, as perhaps you can relate as well. When you let go of all of that trying, it's here. Awareness is here. But everything that went up to that moment was part of how it had its own fruition. I couldn't have done that at the beginning and say, oh, I don't care, I will just gotta kind of go for a walk. Mindful, I'm mindful. If I'm not, I'm not, you know. I would have been spaced out. But there was a momentum of mindfulness that had been built up that just needed a little bit of space. The problem with effort, one of the big problems with effort in our own practice, is that we often equate how we're doing how much skillful effort we're putting in by what our practice looks like. This is a great mistake. If you equate effort with results, then you are setting yourself up for tremendous suffering. Because the practice has a a life and unfolding of its own. And so you might think, you know, gosh, I'm so emotional now. You know, I must, if I was doing it right, I'd just be there with the breath. You know? Well, sometimes deep openings and purifications are a natural part of the process, a healthy part of the process. Or you might think wow i'm really getting my money's worth i am just you know it's catharsis city and just kind of like it's really happening now and you you know, bring on another box of tissues you know? and you can be going into that you know and just thinking oh if i'm really emoting then i've got a whole lot of practice and if you're just there with the breath there's it's another Way that it can look. I've mentioned the, the practice, uh, the, the, the retreat, where I, I was just there feeling my breath and everybody around was, was crying and, and uh, going through some deep purifications. And I went running to, to Joseph saying, uh, you know, I think I'm not doing it right because, you know, I, I'm just, just sitting here watching my breath and everybody, I, I, don't, I think I'm missing something. He said, don't go looking for trouble. It will find you <laughs> soon enough and it did you know in its own way but it's impossible to to tell what the value of the practice is while you're in the middle of it and if you equate your wise effort by what it looks like if you're a hindrance free yogi you know then you'll have it together then then you're really doing it right forget that because then any time you have a hindrance or you're lost in doubt or you have wanting or you have sadness is just one way to grade yourself as a failure. When really the practice is just as, as profound, is even more profound when you can feel sadness and hold it with a wise compassion. Or you can be with fear and know, oh yes, and this is fear. That will be in the long run much more fruitful and beneficial than just being on cruise control and feeling the breath coming and going through your nostrils. You can you can spend a lot of time just bypassing all everything else that's going on and using the breath or some object to actually avoid. So it doesn't look like any one thing. That's, that's the key to remember around effort particularly, especially if you say, I'm not doing it good enough. Now you can also apply this to the, medit- to not only just to the meditation, but to your life. Let's just broaden things a bit. Because the same trap can happen, you know, gosh, how pathetic, here I am, I've been practicing for 10 years and I'm just in the same kind of funk that I was when I was a a teenager. And then you've added additionally the second dart, as they say, and the third dart and a whole quiver of darts on top of it saying, oh, I shouldn't be experiencing what I'm experiencing. And that's when things get really complicated. But if instead you see, oh yes, this is this part of life. This is, this is a cycle where I'm learning about patience and kindness and compassion with the human experience as it expresses itself through me. Great, that can be a sign of very profound rich practice. So, rather than focusing on what it looks like, either in the formal meditation or in your life as being an indication of how your effort is, I find it much more fruitful and true and inspiring to get in touch with your effort as being coming right from your own sincerity of heart. That's the place to look. Not what it looks like out there, but your willingness to show up as best you can. That sincerity, which is really motivated by, can be, by your love of the truth or by your desire to truly open your heart as best you can and love or by your um, strong urge to awaken as best you can for the, the sake of everyone else in your life. Whatever it is, There's something in you that would bring you to a Thursday night and sit still for 45 minutes, 40 minutes or so, or bring you to a retreat, or make you want to pick up a a Dharma book, or go deeper into understanding what it's all about anyway. There's something in you that's calling you that's even stronger than the place that says, ah, who cares, you know. Let me just kind of turn on the shopping channel or whatever it is, you know. I don't know how many shopping channel viewers there are here. I've, I've, I've never seen the shopping channel. <laughs> I have been flicking the the, <laughs> the channels, but... You know, there but that that kind of laid back feeling that says, Oh, do I really need to do it? Getting beyond that inertia, there's something in you that when you get in touch with it is very, very inspiring and that when you activate it, here's the thing that effort begets energy. As I was saying at the beginning, when you're doing as as an example, when you're doing the retreat, you know if you 've ever done this, done a retreat, you know the first couple of days, first two or three days, not easy the The body is achy, the mind is busy, very, very busy the uh, the energy is sleepy or restless all of those things are happening and the last thing you want to do is bring your attention to the present moment because it's it's not a fun moment for many people the first day or two of a retreat but if you know the value of bringing yourself back each time then what happens is that effort to come to the moment, especially as as you get in touch with your own source of energy and you kind of go through that detox. It's a detox at the beginning. You're, you're detoxing from, from stimulation. As you are with that, have that commitment to do that, then the effort to be present leads to more mindfulness. And the mindfulness reveals more in your experience. And so you see a lot more than you usually do. And when you see more, like I said last week, then things become interesting and when they become interesting, you want to pay more attention. And when you want to pay more attention, and you put that effort into being present, the mindfulness grows. And it's a kind of momentum in the direction of greater and greater energy. You start to get a lot of energy from the, those first couple of of days where you just kind of like, you know, nodding through, you know, this is called the nods, going like that, you know. I've spent weeks probably, if you put it together, you know. I know that well. But if you know, okay, that's part of the package and I'm still going to make the effort to be here, then that effort starts to... You get in touch with a much greater source of energy and you, it's not uncommon on a retreat for people's sleep needs to diminish dramatically. You know That used to be one of my motivations to, to, to practice. It really was. I made it like a game just to see the more moments of mindfulness, the less sleep I'll need. And I, w- I would never set an alarm but it's just kind of like, I saw, oh. Because your mind isn't reacting to so much. Let's see how many moments of mindfulness. NPMs, Joseph would say. Noticings per minute, right? How many moments of you know, mindfulness. And just to see how much energy I could have. Because it opens up to, at times, a lot of energy. Not necessarily on your timetable or how you'd like. And it, it's not like you can have a... The perfect textbook retreat, but sometimes this this happens, and that energy bec- that becomes like an effortless. There's a momentum where you don't want to, you know, pretty much be anywhere else but the present moment. Why be anywhere else? Oh, this is so, this is so wonderful. The key, as I was saying last week. Um, to energy and why I think of it as in, in the third in this sequence is that interest or investigation is how effort becomes effortless. When you are interested in what you're paying attention to, when you're just curious and let yourself be like a, an interested child of wonder, the breath-like anyway. Then that, instead of forcing it, you're drawn to the experience. So this whole idea is one of balance of effort. You're not trying too hard and you're not getting too laid-back. And then here's Here's where they really come to, together. It's not like you can just find out this is how much I do because your energy is changing from, from one hour to another. So it's not like, oh, I land this much. This is how I'm supposed to be doing. It's like riding a bicycle. Oh, I'm feeling a little bit tight. Time to just relax a bit. Oh, I'm feeling a little bit you know, lax or spaced out. Time to rev up and get, bring a little bit closer attention. But what happens where the effort really arises or unfolds into wise, into the non-effort, is that although it takes effort to be here, once you're here, it takes no extra effort to rest in this moment. And in fact, the more effort you bring when you're already here and you've missed out on the moment as just an illustration of this. Okay? Close your eyes right now. And first, um, just know that you're in a body. Bring your attention to... That fact. And make the simple effort to direct your awareness to the fact that you're sitting here and breathing. It doesn't have to be a heavy duty thing, but just muster up that intention. Okay, let's be here for this can maybe even feel with that decision a little bit of energy. And then here you are. I'd like you to now stop trying to do anything and simply let yourself rest in the fact that you're alive. Just Rest completely and let yourself feel life moving through you. Energetically, vibration. Don't try hard, just relax and open, receive it. And your mind might wander. If it does, just come back to the simple being of the moment. Being the space of awareness in which it's all coming and going. Now, for a moment, try hard to be. Try hard to feel life happening to you. Okay, and then just let go of that and stop, again, all trying and just relax into your beingness. That total relaxation where... You're simply an instrument of an expression of life as it moves through you. Okay, Okay, you can open your eyes. I don't know if you related how much that connected with you, but the point is that although it takes effort to be here, once you're here, any extra effort is extra. It takes you out of the moment. So that's where they come together. And when there's a momentum of mindfulness, and it's just here, you don't have to try at all. In fact, you just kind of relax deeply into that nothing to do, nothing to have, nothing to be. And then it might crumble a bit. Okay, then you just kind of make the effort to be here. Basically, the effort is just the effort to be present. And you're either here or you're not. And when you're not, you simply make the effort to come back and as we've said many times the way you come back will have a big influence on your effort if you come back with frustration then you'll cultivate frustration if you come back with gentleness and patience and just okay come back here again that kindness will inform your whole practice so this balance of effort again it's not just in the formal meditation it's in your life too because you know when you're when you're trying really hard when you try really hard as much as it can come from a very wholesome place you're out of rhythm with yourself because it's me trying i will do this right and there's Self in there and there's a contraction there and there's a pass-fail test in there. That's different than bringing a wholeheartedness that says, I will show up as best I can and yet letting go of your pass-fail and just being willing to receive things as they are. That's that perfect balance of effort where it's a wholeheartedness but there's a spaciousness and a lightness that allows for life to unfold. Just mention a couple of, of things. Classically, ways to arouse energy. There is a classical list okay, in your practice. One, to reflect on the states of misery you can fall into if you're lazy. Uh, (laughs) That is just more greed, hatred, and delusion and going in the wrong direction. Two, reflecting on the benefits of energy that when you really put your heart into something, there's a benefit. Oh yeah, maybe I will go to the gym or sit or whatever. Three, remembering... The noble ones, all the people who've walked on this path before and have found value in it can, be, can give you faith. Uh, remembering the noble heritage, the dharma, just how fortunate you are to be exposed to the dharma. Appreciation for support, all the ways that life is supporting you and all the people who support you or the different ways that your life' circumstances are giving you to um, to practice or to wake up that inspires you remembering the the inspiration of the Buddha and his example remembering the the inspiration of your friends who have done this path, or who are doing this path? Avoiding lazy people, okay If you want to bring energy and effort, avoid lazy people um, including cleaning yourself at times when you <laughs> yeah. And hanging around with energetic friends and finally inclining the mind towards developing energy that's. The, the, the main thing. You're just kind of moving, you're inclining and opening, okay, I, this is something I value. And that opens it up to manifesting. So we don't have much time. If there's any any question that might have come up from that, we have to close in a few moments. Um, anything about practice that, that you want to ask before we close? Um, I guess I have a question about being in the moment in sort of a passive way okay hold on a second Yeah, just being in the moment in a passive way just uh, use the yeah. it seems like you can be in the moment but have sort of a passive background as opposed to being in the moment and, and being more active and I'm sort of getting the feeling of that's related to the energy. Um, I, I guess I'm not sure what the question is, but it, it, it seems like, in my practice anyway, that I've got to move more towards the energy as opposed to just sitting there, saying, "There's the breath, but mm-hmm. not much else is happening." It's see, it's both. That's where you know all of these all of these factors go together. The last week, we talked about investigation about how your own curiosity is a tremendous support, where you just want to understand. But it's not like you're pouncing on the experience. You are just interested. And when you're interested, if it's at times that's what's happening and it's developing into energy and all of these other things, great. At some point, you might find that you are pouncing on things and a little bit too too tight. Then, as we'll keep on continuing, opening up to calm, equanimity, concentration, that's where you see, ah, balance is needed, some spaciousness, some ease, some receptivity. So they all work together. And the thing is, there's not the right amount to do it's an ongoing creative exploration just like your life is you know and every every day you wake up you know you're going to find out a new experience oh this is a day to just really take care of myself this is a day to just go for it you know and maybe within that day oh i need to just relax at times so it's, it's like being there in the moment and getting a sense of how, what will most support that balance. That's the idea. Yeah. Okay, so this week, we'll, we'll close here. I would just, I'd like you to um, maybe explore energy within your own life. How do you skillfully work with effort both in your practice and also in your life you might find that you're more the type a person that needs to remember to chill out or you might find you're the what's the is there a type z z person or you know where you know you need to just kind of get over that inertia and make it like a game just seeing what do I need right now to more fully show up in my life in a balanced way because it's all about balance. Okay, so we'll, we'll close with a short loving kindness. Just as you sit here, breathing in and out of your heart. And breathe in a kind, loving, supportive energy. Let yourself feel life support you. Let it fill your whole being and surround yourself as you breathe out. May I learn skillful use of effort and energy in my life. May I be kind to myself, as I do, and kind to others. May I see my true nature and let it shine through. And then to extend those thoughts to everyone in all directions. As I want to be happy, may all find happiness. May all share their love well. May all awaken to their true nature. And may our coming here together be of benefit to all beings everywhere. May all beings find happiness and peace. Thank you. So next week we explore joy. Thank you. Have a great week.